From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., longtime Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner announced last week that he won't seek re-election in 2020. He's been serving in the House for at least 40 years and says it's simply time to pass the torch to somebody else. His announcement comes on the heels of Republican Congressman Sean Duffy telling us that he is stepping down later this month. Sensenbrenner's district north of Milwaukee leans heavily Republican, and it's the first time in years that the seat is up for grabs. So do you expect a crowded GOP primary? And if so, who's all weighing a run? It'll absolutely be a crowded GOP primary. I mean, and really the focus has been on that Republican primary because the seat is so Republican that honestly, whoever was a primary in August of 2020, barring a complete collapse by the Republican Party in Wisconsin, will likely be the next congressman from the 5th District. Um and, you know, for Republicans, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, literally, opportunity because Senator was elected in 1978, I believe. So you're talking four decades plus in that seat. So if you if you want a shot, you got to take it now. Um, the list that I've talked about with people begins with Scott Fitzgerald, Senate Majority Leader. He has eye on this district for a long time. People say he's issued a statement that he's thinking about it, but people expect him to get in. Uh, former State Senator Leah Vukmir who ran for U.S. Senate last year. She's seriously considering a bid. Kevin Nicholson, who ran for U.S. Senate last year, said there will be a time to make a decision on that race. Former Governor Scott Walker's son, Matt Walker, is looking at a bid. Um, State Senator Chris Kapia will give it a look. State Representative Adam Nalen will give it a look. Fitzgerald could really be a key. And, you know, if Fitzgerald gets in, people say, what do Kapia Nalen do? Do they get into where they say, okay, he's got more deeper connections than I do as a state lawmaker, so I'm going to stay out. I mean, there'll be a lot of dominoes to fall, but we're just watching to see these kind of top people, what they do, and where does it go from there? Don't forget the private sector. Is there somebody out there with personal wealth who's not in public office who's going to give this a go? Names will float for sure, um, because we've seen people from the private sector go out there and run before who haven't run for office or you know, been in office. So it's something to watch as well. In another development, a new Marquette poll came out last week. It shows President Trump's approval rating in Wisconsin remains underwater at 45 percent. Also, Democratic candidate Joe Biden has a nine-point lead over Trump, 51 to 42 percent. Wisconsin is considered a key swing state next year, and Trump narrowly won the state in 2016. What do you make of these numbers, and is it something people should be paying attention to, or is it maybe too early for the political parties to get excited or anxious about them? Well, look, the president's numbers aren't great, but they've been that way the entire time in the Marquette poll. He's been underwater either for job approval or favorability in every poll that the Marquette has done. Um, don't forget, in 2015, he was well behind Hillary Clinton in the early polls about Wisconsin. He trailed Clinton in every poll done, if I remember correctly, by Marquette in all of 2016. So if you're Trump, you know, you don't really worry about those things so much. The warning sign of President Trump is this. If you look at those numbers, um, more people think the economy will get worse the next 12 months than they'll get better. Charles Franklin, poll director, said that's the 
the last two of the last three polls, that's been true. There's been more negativity than positivity about the future of the economy. It's the most pessimistic people have been in Wisconsin about the economy's future in the entire history of Marquette poll. Why is that important? Because President Trump has made the economy his calling card. His number one issue for re- to, to reelect him is how the economy is reforming. The key is when do people go from worrying about the economy to actually feeling the impact? And we might not see a recession between now and the election next year. Things may turn around. They may strike new trade deals and the tariffs go away. Who, who knows? But that's what you have to watch is do people at some point start to feel pain at home? And if they do, that's the real trouble for President Trump because it undercuts the argument for re-election of the economy. On another topic, Governor Tony Evers has picked an attorney for an organic farm co-op to serve as the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation's new leader. Evers said last week that he has appointed Melissa Hughes to replace Mark Hogan as WIDIC secretary. She'll start October 1st. Hughes has served as chief mission officer of Organic Valley Crops since 2003. Wiedek has come under fire since former Governor Walker created the agency in 2011, but the criticism seemed to subside under Mark Hogan. What are people at the Capitol saying about Melissa Hughes? Well, you know, they're still trying to kind of get to know her a little bit. She comes from a background of working as cooperative. I mean, the kind of big question I've heard is what kind of Wiedek CEO is she going to be? I mean, don't forget uh, Mark Hogan, who was Governor Walker's last pick to the agency, he was a big cheerleader for Foxconn, was a huge uh, factor in the negotiations for that deal. Evers has raised concerns about that deal, suggested that you know there might be, need be some changes because the expectations have been lowered, the jobs will be created there, at least initially. So how does she come in? Is she going to be a, a Foxconn cheerleader, a critic? Is she going to be somebody who just kind of tries to manage the status quo? And what's her approach going to be in in general? Because, you know, Democrats have had a different perspective on job creation and um, stimulus in Wisconsin than Republicans have. The Dems often have cited numbers that show that Wisconsin is one of the worst states in the country for startups. Um, Those are often um, somewhat risky investments because they're new companies. And when they fail, if you're putting state tax dollars into a company that fails, it's bad press. The bottom line is, what vision will she work out with Governor Evers in terms of this role at Weedick? Because really, while it's partly her vision, it's also she's carrying out his expectations, his desires for that agency and how he wants it to operate as the state's main job creation driver at the state level. And finally, Wisconsin Republicans are renewing their attempt to ban the use of aborted fetal tissue in research or any other purpose. They began circulating a bill last week at the Capitol. Now, versions of this bill have failed in recent sessions because of opposition from the UW and medical communities. Do you think this bill will meet the same fate, or do Republicans have a bill that will pass this time? Uh, it remains to be seen, but the kind of the going bet is that like the reason this bill fell apart in a recent session because Republicans themselves couldn't agree on how to approach the issue. So if you can't get Republicans who had both houses of legislature and the governor's office on board with this bill, how do you get past the Republican-controlled legislature and Democratic Governor Tony Evers? It's just people don't see a path. Um, I don't know if they'll ever even get out of committee, to be honest with you, because there are so many splits in the caucus, Republican caucus, about how this how they view this bill. So at this point, I don't think it's a, a top priority for leadership. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. 
You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.